Our scripture is Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 23. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power in accordance to his glorious might, so you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Verses 15 through 20 of this passage are an ancient hymn possibly written by the Apostle Paul or possibly quoted by him, but this hymn is rich with truths about who Jesus Christ is. And the phrase, all things, did you notice how often that phrase was repeated? Because Paul is falling over himself to declare that all things come from Jesus Christ. He is the creator of all things, and in him, as Paul said, all things hold together. He's the firstborn of creation. That does not mean that Jesus was the first thing created. It means that Jesus, as the firstborn, is the one with the authority. Jesus is the one who has the authority of the kingdom of God. Jesus, as it says right here, was at creation, creating everything that is. And the creation that God made, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is glorious. Creation is glorious. Remember, God said, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good with each day. And then on the last day, he said, it is very good. We can see all this. The last couple few days when the sun has been out, you see many people walking and enjoying the beauty of God's creation. You see the trees budding, and while those with allergies may not enjoy that as much as the rest of us, they are beautiful. God's creative power is at work. A friend of mine uh, once had a passion fruit plant. I don't know if you've ever seen one, but the passion flower is amazingly intricate. It has like a little propeller on it. It's an amazingly beautiful flower. 
Do you know about the ruby-throated hummingbird? Well, the ruby-throated hummingbird weighs just over the weight of a penny. Its heart can beat 21 times per second. Its wings can flap 60 times per second. And the red-throated hummingbird flies 2,000 miles each way, each season, for its migration. 500 miles of that is often over the Gulf of Mexico. Amazing little tiny bird. And then if you want to go from the small to the big, the Andromeda galaxy has one trillion stars. Our Milky Way galaxy, in which we live, has two to three million stars. And those are just two of the many galaxies that make up the universe. God is interested in the small details and the enormous details. And Jesus Christ is the firstborn of all that. Jesus Christ was there, and Jesus Christ made all of this happen. And you know something I came across this week that I really love? That God used both his right brain and his left brain in creation. Now, I don't think God has right brain and left brain, but science tells us we do. You know, those left brain people are the ones that make sure everything is precise, everything is in order, everything works. And thank goodness that God has used his left brain. For everything works. If just one thing were slightly different about the Earth's orbit around the sun or the the atmosphere of the earth, if one thing were different, it would not accommodate our life. God knew exactly how things needed to work to make the world work for you and for me to allow us to inhabit this planet. But God is also right-brained. In other words, God used his artistic talents in amazing ways. There are fish at the bottom of the sea, so far down that we can't even get there. But when they send vessels down, they see these amazingly colorful fish. We might say, God, what was the point? Nobody ever sees them. It's like those people that live back a country road and put Christmas decorations on their house. What's the point? Nobody sees them. But those people see them. And they appreciate the beauty that they have created. And God sees those fish and appreciates the beauty that he has created. God is both a skilled engineer and a passionate artist. And we are the beneficiaries of God's creative hand. So the first point, creation is glorious. The second point, creation is is broken. We in the Western world have created a relatively sanitized kind of life for ourselves. We avoid suffering pretty well most of the time. We avoid challenges quite well most of the time. Many parents are known for keeping all challenges and, and concepts of failure away from their kids. This is sort of what characterizes who we are now. But now, Two weeks, for at least for us, into the COVID-19 crisis, we find that the world is not as we would have it to be. 
The protections we've created for ourselves, many of them have been taken away. But for most of human existence, this, not exactly COVID-19, not exactly um, separation from each other, but crisis and trial and struggle has been what characterized the world. Romans 8 says this. Paul writes, I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that, we will, that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. All of creation struggles under the burden of the fall, under the burden of sinfulness, under the burden of brokenness. It's an old movie, but I saw it referred to twice in my research for this sermon, so I thought, well, I'll use one of the references that one of the pastors used. The movie is Grand Canyon. In it, Danny Glover plays a tow truck driver. And he goes into a call where a man in a very nice car has been stranded because his car broke down in not so nice a neighborhood. And he is surrounded by people threatening him. And Danny Glover says this. Well, the character Danny Glover plays. Man, the world ain't supposed to work like this. Maybe you don't know that, but this ain't the way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be able to do my job without asking you if I can. And that dude, the car driver, is supposed to be able to wait in his car without you ripping him off. Everything's supposed to be different than what it is here. Viruses are not supposed to kill us. Crises are not supposed to isolate us but they do in this broken world. This world is broken, not just because individuals and societies are broken, but the whole of creation is broken. One of the greatest tragedies ever, at least in my lifetime, was in 2004, the day after Christmas, when a tsunami hit the Indian Ocean, 227,000 people were killed. This glorious, beautiful creation is marked by pain and sorrow and struggle, and it should not surprise us when that pain and sorrow and struggle hits home. It is just part of living in a broken world. But creation glorious, creation broken, is creation redeemed by Jesus Christ. Just as it says Jesus Christ is the firstborn of creation, in verse 15 it says here that Jesus Christ is firstborn from among the dead, in verse 18. Firstborn of the new creation. The threat of death will be wiped out. Imagine the day when COVID-19 is conquered, when it is cured, when we have the solution to this crisis. Imagine that day and how gloriously happy we will be. No more deaths from this virus. No more fear from this virus. 
Imagine the day then when all forms of anything that can kill us, when everything that threatens us is taken away. That is the day that Jesus Christ has ushered in through his death, through his resurrection, through his victory over sin, over brokenness, through his inauguration of the new kingdom. And you know, remember I mentioned how many times all things is used here by the Apostle Paul in this passage, in this either quotation or his original hymn in verses 15 to 20. All things. And the Greek word for that is panta. So it's panta, 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 which reminds me of the Fanta commercials of a number of years ago, but that's not really relevant, is it? All things. Everything. Everything. Jesus Christ has made new. Everything Jesus Christ has redeemed. Now we know that we live between two worlds. We live with the hope of that glorious resurrection. We live with the knowledge of redemption. We live with the promise of eternity. And we look forward to that eternity with great joy, with great hope. But we also live now in this broken world. But we don't live here as those without hope. We live in this broken world knowing that one day everything will be made right. That one day the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf will come to completion when the new kingdom is ushered in, the new heaven, the new earth. And just as the original creation is glorious, how much more glorious is that creation? People fear that it will be boring because everything will be right. There will be no more challenges. But think about the most glorious aspects of the creation now and think about them without any struggle, without any pain, without any threat of death, without any threat of grief. And that is the new creation that God is preparing for us. First, he fixes you. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you, you, holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Jesus Christ has accomplished this for you. Receive this glorious gift of new life in him. Paul continues, you receive this if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Notice, I don't believe Paul is putting a condition on your salvation with this. But he is reminding you that your salvation is accomplished. Hold on. Hold on to the truth that Jesus Christ has revealed. Hold on to what he has done for you. And as you have been redeemed, you are a foretaste for the world around you of the redemption that Jesus Christ will accomplish when all things, all things whether on earth or in heaven, will be reconciled to Jesus Christ 
What a glorious day that will be. In the meantime, I want to read again the first few verses of this section and make that, while it was Paul's prayer for the church at Colossae, I want to make that my prayer for us. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins.